The following content is provided under a Creative Commons license. Your support will help MIT OpenCourseWare continue to offer high-quality educational resources for free. To make a donation or view additional materials from hundreds of MIT courses, visit MIT OpenCourseWare at ocw.mit.edu. So let's start with, with a simple but quite illustrative example. So suppose you're a bookie. And what Buki does? He accepts bets on the, on, uh, on the horses, sets the odds, and then pays money back. Probably collects a fee uh, somewhere in between. Uh, so suppose he, it is a good bookie, and uh, he knows quite well the horses, and there are two horses. One horse has, he knows that for sure, one horse has 20% chance of winning, and another horse is 80% chance of winning. Obviously, general public doesn't have uh, all this information, so they place the bets slightly differently. And at the end, there is 10,000 bet on one horse and 50,000 bet on, on the another horse. Well, Buki is sure that he possesses good information, so he suppose he sets the odds according to, uh, to real, real life probabilities. So he sets it 4 to 1. What would be possible outcomes of the race for him? Monetary. So suppose the first horse wins, then what happens? He, uh, he has to pay back 10,000 and four times more. So he pays out 50,000, and he received 60, right? So he can keep 10,000 out of it. OK. So what happens is the, uh, the other, more probable horse wins. Well, he'll, he'll have to pay back the 50,000 and one quarter of it, which is 12, uh, 1225. Uh, so at the end, he'll pay uh, 62,500 while he collected 60,000, right? So he will, in this situation, he will lose uh, $2,500. Well, uh, all in all, he expects to, to make nothing. So he probably could collect enough fees to cover uh, his potential loss. But there is certainly a vari variability in outcomes. <coughs> he can win a lot, he can lose some. Now, what if he forgets about his knowledge about uh, the real, uh, real life probabilities of horses winning or losing, and instead sets the bets according to, to the amount which were already bet, according to the market, effectively. So what if he sets the, uh, the, the odds 5 to 1 according to the uh, bets placed? Well, in this situation, if the first horse wins, he pays back 10 plus 5 times 10, so 60. He is 0. And if the second horse wins, he pays back 50 plus 1 fifth of 50 plus another 10, again 60. So no matter which horse wins, he will get 0, 100% sure. And if he collects, uh, collects some fee on top of it, he will make a riskless profit. And that's how actually bookies are operating. So. Uh, it's a simple example, but it gives us a first idea of how risk-neutral uh, framework and risk-neutral pricing win, uh, works. So we are here not in the business of uh, making bets on horses. We are actually in the business of, of pricing derivatives. 
So uh, we, we'll talk about the simplest possible derivatives, uh, mostly uh, derivatives uh, on stocks, uh, uh, but there, there are more complicated derivatives which uh, uh, underlying for which could be interest rates, bonds, swaps, commodities, whatever. So a derivative contract is some, in general, uh, general speaking, a formal payout uh, connected to underlying. Usually, the underlying is a liquid <coughs> instrument which is traded, uh, traded on exchanges. And derivative may be traded on exchanges. Uh, actually, uh, quite a few equity options are traded on exchanges. But in general, they're uh, over-the-counter uh, over -counter contracts where two counterparties just agree on some kind of payout. Uh, one of the simpler uh, derivatives is, is a forward contract. So what is a forward contract? A forward contract is uh, a contract where one party agrees to buy an asset from another party for a price which is agreed today. Usually, the, this const contract has, uh, the, this forward price is, is set in such a way that right now no money changes hands, right? So, uh, and he, here is an example. Uh, well, suppose there is a stock which right now is priced at 80. And this is the forward for two years. So somebody agrees to, to buy this stock in two years for this price. And not surprisingly, I somehow set this price such that currently the value, uh, the value of the contract is 0. And we'll see how I'll come up with a price. So this blue line is actually payout what will happen at the end, right? The, the, the payout depending uh, uh, the graph uh, of f at time t, ter the termination time, or expiry, uh, how it depends on the stock price. Right, so obviously the payout is S minus K, where S is, uh, as, uh, S is a stock price, so it's a linear function. It turns out that the current price is also a linear function, but slightly shifted. And we'll see how, how come it's slightly shifted and how much it should be uh, shifted. And K uh, is usually referred as a strike price. Another slightly more complicated contract is called a call option. So if previously the forward is, is, is an obligation to buy the asset for, for an agreed price, call option is actually an option to buy, uh, to buy an asset at the agreed price today. You can view it, uh, a call option can be viewed as kind of insurance that the, the, uh, against the asset going down. Uh, basically, the payout is always positive. You, you can never lose money. On, on the forward, you can lose money. You agree on the price, the, the, the asset ends up being lower than this price, but you still have to buy it. Right? Here, if, uh, if the asset ends up at, at expiry below strike price or out of the money, then the payout will be zero. If, in, uh, on the other hand, it, uh, it ends up being above a strike price, or it is called the option is in the money, then uh, your, the, the payout will be S minus K, uh, as, as before. So uh, in mathematical terms, the, uh, the payout is maximum of S minus K and 0, right? And that's what happens at, time, uh, of, at expiry time, this blue line. So what is the price of this option now? Well, obviously, it, it should be slightly above, because 
even if the if even if now the uh, the asset is slightly out of the money below strike price there is some volatility to it and there is a probability that we will still end up in the money at, at expiry so you you would be willing you should be willing to pay something for for this obviously if it's way out of the money it should be zero right on the other hand if, if it's way in the money in fact it should be just as forward and in fact it is we will we'll see because if the, the probability for the for the asset going back to, to the strike price and below will be low and uh, the Black-Scholes equation in Black-Scholes formula is exactly the solution for, for this curved line, which we'll see in a second. Another uh, simple contract, which is kind of dual to call option, is a put option. So put option, on the contrary, is a bet on, on the asset going down rather than up. Right? So the payout is maximum of k minus s and 0. So it's, it's kind of reversed. Uh, also a ramp function at, at, at maturity. Uh, and uh, here, here is the current price. Uh, again, even if it's in the money, if, if it's way in the money, you, you, we expect it to be, to be zero. If it's uh, way in the money, we, we, uh, we expect it to be slightly below, uh, below forward, just because of discounting. Okay, so, and here, here are a few, uh, uh, three main points which, we, which we'll try to, to follow through uh, the class. So first of all, what we'll see that if we, we have current price of the underlying and some assumptions on, the, on how the, uh, the market or the, the, the underlying behaves, there is actually no uncertainty in the price of the option. Obviously, if we, if we fix the payout, right? So somehow there is no uncertainty. It's completely deterministic once, once, we, have, once we know the price of underlying. The other uh, interesting fact which we'll find out, it's actually risk neutrality, meaning that, in fact, the price of the option has nothing to do with the, uh, with the risk preferences of market participants or, uh, or, or counterparties. It actually only depends on the dynamics of the stock, only depends on volatility of, of the stock. And finally, the most important idea of this class, that mathematical apparatus allows you to, to figure out how much this deterministic option price is now. So let's consider a very simple example, a very simple market, two periods. So, so suppose our time is discrete and we are one step before the maturity. So right now our stock has price S0 and there is some derivative F0 with some payout. We, we'll, we'll consider a few of those, right? Also we'll add to the mix some, a bit of cash, right? Riskless cash, be zero, uh, some amount of riskless cash be zero. And uh, riskless meaning that it grows exponentially with some interest rate R. And there is no uncertainty, it's completely, if you have now be zero, we know then in time dt, 
our B0 will, uh, B0 will, will, will grow exponentially. It will become B e to the uh, RT. So a bond, basically, zero coupon bond. Or money market account, rather. If, it's, if you go to Cambridge Savings Bank, put $1 in today, then in, in a year you'll get $1 and basically nothing, because your interest rates are zero. So in, in time dt, we will assume with some probability p, our market can go to the state where stock becomes S1, the price of stock becomes S1, our bond grows exponentially, no, no uncertainty, and uh, our derivative uh, becomes F1. Or with probability 1 minus p, only two states, uh, so our stock becomes X, S2, bond stays the same, and the, the derivative is some F2. So let's start with, with our simple contract, the forward contract. So one can naively approach this pro problem trying to get the price uh, of, uh, of, of the derivative using the real world probabilities p and minus p, 1 minus p. Right? So we know that the payout is s minus k. That's, that's given. So one would say that if we we know we are one step before the payout, so let's just compute expected value of, of the payout using uh, real, uh, real world probabilities, get this, this value. And actually what we are looking here is to set k such that the price now at, at time, uh, time uh, t is 0. That's usual convention, so we'll then set k to, to this, to this uh, probability. Uh, to, to, this, uh, to this number, um, which depends on real-world probability and obviously depends on, on the stock price at, at expiry. Um, so, uh, but obviously, we don't know real-world probabilities. We can guess. We can say, oh, that's, uh, the stock is as likely to go up uh, than, uh, than down. Then, then it's just an average of, uh, of at, and, and stock prices or something else. But it's all hand-wavy, and actually, we never will be right. Instead of doing this, we're kind of following Buki example. Let's try to do something else. Let's think a little bit. So we have a stock which is trading at, at, at market now for the price as 0. How about we go to the bank and borrow as 0 dollars right now, and immediately go to the market and buy the stock? So right now, we are net, net zero. We borrowed as zero. We paid it immediately to buy the stock. So we have stock at hand. Then we'll wait for one period. And, and at, at the same time, sorry, we, uh, we short, we enter on the short side of the forward contract. So we, we agree to sell the stock for, for some price k0. So in DT, in one period of, of time, the, the contract expires. We already have stock. So we just go and exchange it for K0, uh, K0 dollars, right? But we, at the same time, we need to repay our loan, which now had become as 0 times e to the r dt. This is deterministic, right? We borrowed as 0. In time dt, it became s times e to the r dt. So what, uh, what's our net? The net is k0 minus s, to the, uh, s times e r dt. So suppose k0 is greater than, than this value. 
then we made riskless profit. There, there is no risk in, in, the, in, this, uh, in, in the strategy which we, uh, which we proposed. So this is good, but why wouldn't everybody do it all day long? On the other hand, if k0 is less than s0, that's, that's, that's a loss for sure. And if anybody thinks as we did, and we assume that everybody can do it, then nobody would, would want to enter it, which means that in order for, for our forward to, to be priced zero now, the, the, the strike price has to be equal to, uh, to, uh, to this amount. And there is no uncertainty about it. So uh, let's stop and think uh, a little bit. Uh, well, actually, just, just to see just to see how it works. And, and that's, that's exactly why, why, why I set this, uh, this k to this number. So uh, by the way, who can tell me what, which interest rate does it, does it imply? If our strike is, our stock price is uh, 80, uh, our strike is 88.41, and, and the expiry is in two years. Approximately. 2.5. So in two years, it will be 5%. So roughly speaking, without compounding, it should be 5% of 80 plus 5%. It would be 84. So 10% for two years, so the interest rate is 5%, five, five yeah. So yeah, that's actually exactly 5 with, with, with but exponentially compounded. Uh, yeah, well, it's a good world probably five years ago. That's how it would work. The, the two years interest rates now, the last time I checked was, I think, 30 bips. We can check where, where the bond is trading now. Okay, give me a sec. Yep, 32 and a half basis points. One, one, 1 1.6 basis points up since the morning. Quite a bit, by the way. Um, so yeah, so right now interest rates are basically zero. So the, these, two, these two lines would be very close right now for, for two years. In any case, so uh, coming back to our, uh, to our example. So what's, uh, what's important here? How did we arrive to, uh, to, to this strike price, or to this uh, price of the forward contract? We, in fact, uh, tried, we, we took some, uh, some amount of stock. In this particular case, it will be the, was the whole price of stock. We took some amount of cash. And by combining these two pieces, we somehow replicated the final payoff. Right? And that's the, the general idea uh, of, uh, of risk-neutral pricing, pricing and replicating portfolio. What we will try to do in the rest of the class is for take a payoff and try to find a replicating portfolio, maybe more complicated, maybe dynamic, such that at the end, this replicating portfolio will be exactly our payoff, right? And what would it mean? Obviously, it would mean that the, the, current, the, the, the current price of the derivative should be the price of our replicating portfolio right now, right? And that's how uh, the, uh, 
the uh, risk-neutral pricing works. So we are still in this uh, simple situation, but we'll, we'll try to price a general payoff pay F1, uh, a general payoff F, right? And here is how, how it goes. So we still will try to, uh, to form our replicating portfolio out of the bond, of some amount of bond, and some amount of stock. And we'll say that we'll, we will need A, S1, and B of, of, of the bond. Right? And we, we try to, we'll try to find A and B such that no matter what the real world probability is, we at, at maturity, at, at one step maturity, we will replicate our payoff exactly. Unfortunately, in this particular case, it's very doable. It's just two equations with, with two variables. We, we should be able to do it. And we can solve it and find this A and B. Then we'll substitute them in this formula. Right? Take the current price of the stock, which we know, and, and some cash, and find the, uh, the current price, uh, current price uh, of, of, of the derivative. Right? And this, work, this should work for any derivatives. It doesn't matter. Is it forward, call, put, or some complicated, uh, complicated option, as long as, it, as it's deterministic at, at expiry. Uh, an interesting way to, to look at it is to rewrite this formula slightly in such a way, which does remind us taking a, a, uh, an expected value, maybe discounting it, because this is expected value sometime in the future. But this probability, and it is a probability because this number q here is between 0 and 1, uh, but this probability has little to do with the with real, uh, real, real world, right? In fact, it's something different. But such probability exists. And it's called, the, the measure where our stock behaves like this is called a risk-neutral measure or Martingale measure. And in this measure, as we'll see, uh, the, the value of, of the derivative will be just expected value of, uh, of our payout. And that's, yeah, that's what, what I'm trying to say here. Now, so now let's get into continuous world, right? In continuous world, we will need some assumptions uh, on the dynamics of, uh, of our stock underlying. And let's make an assumption that it, it, is, uh, lo uh, it, it is log normal. What, it, what does it mean that it's log normal? It means that the proportional uh, change of the stock over infinite, infinitely small uh, amount of time dt has some drift mu and uh, some stochastic component, uh, which is just Brownian motion, right? So this dw is distributed normally with as, uh, mean 0 and start the deviation, which is actually square root of dt. That's how uh, uh, Brownian motion works. And that's extremely important that the standard deviation of Brownian, Brownian motion is square root of, uh, of delta t. And that's how it works. So and again, we will use this idea of replicating portfolio. What would it mean in this, uh, in this case? Well. 
we will we would like to find such coefficients a and b on this infinitely small period of time dt such that com by combining small changes in stock with coefficient a and small changes in, in bond with, uh, with coefficient b will exactly replicate the change in the derivative, in the payout of derivative. Uh, in, in the de not payout, in, in the derivative, in the change of the derivative uh, over this infinitely small time t. Well, to do this, we'll, we'll need to use Ita's formula. Did, did, did you talk about Ita already? OK, cool. That's, that's great. So just to remind you that Ita's formula is nothing more than a Taylor rule, actually, uh, the, the first approximation up to uh, dt. Uh, but uh, because of, uh, of the standard deviation of the Brownian motion being on, on the scale of square root of t, we will need one more term there, right? So one, one term is df dt by dt, another is df by ds by ds. But, and the square of ds now is, is actually of order of magnitude of dt. So we'll need a quadratic term there. All right, so if this is our df. So what we'll do, we'll differentiate We'll, we'll just sub substitute it here, right? We'll substitute it here. We'll substitute df uh, taken from Ito's, uh, our ds, each, uh, which is like this, and, and db. And db is, let, let's not forget that db, that b is deterministic, right? There is nothing uncertain about it. So db is actually rb dt. Right, because our b grows exponentially with interest rate r. So we substitute everything into the formula above. This is just our df uh, with ds expanded and everything. And then we, we start compa comparing the terms. One immediate thing uh, to notice that a has to be equal to df, uh, df over ds for this, uh, for this to hold, right? And if we compare the, the terms near dt, we'll get this expression here. But that's actually even more uh, the, the most important part. Then we'll, we'll go and use the, the, our knowledge that, that some part of our equation is deterministic uh, and basically take f and a s on one side and leave the deterministic part on the other side, differenti differentiate it once, once again. And left, left side will be just rb uh, dt. And uh, if uh, we substitute once again uh, d, uh, df, and don't forget that what we learned is that a is equal to df by ds, then we collect all the terms and arrive to this to this partial differential equation, uh, which, which connects, which basically is a partial differential equation for the current price of a derivative, of any derivative. Uh, and how it, uh, if we solve it, for, uh, then we, we should, uh, should be able to, uh, to know the price of the, of the derivative. So now, how do we solve this, this partial differential equation? Well, for, yeah. So uh, a few observations about, about this equation. Well, uh, the, 
the first uh, observation is that any tradable derivative, we, we, we made no assumptions about the payoff. So, so any tradable derivative with any payoff should satisfy this equation. The other observation is, as we expected, there is no dependency on real-world drift or any, uh, any probabilities of going up uh, or down. The only dependence, dependence is on the volatility of the stock. Right? Not only we, uh, we found the value of the derivatives, the mo most importantly, we actually were able to, to come up with, uh, with a hedging strategy. And wh what does it mean we came up with a hedging strategy? Well, we found coefficients for any uh, time. Uh, we found the coefficients a and b such that we have a replicating portfolio. So, inst uh, so what we could do at any point of time, we can hold the derivative, the short, short derivative, and long the portfolio of stock itself and some cash. And we know how much it should be. Here it's more complicated. We have to dynamically change these numbers as time develops. Every time dt, we, we will have to rebalance. But bo both parts will replicate each other perfectly. It's like in a, in a bookies example. We can go, uh, go uh, to, uh, to counterparty, agree into, for, for some derivative contract, probably with some fee. And then we'll go to exchange and buy the stock, and, and we will get just cash from the bank. And we'll maintain this at some amount of stock and some am amount of cash. And we'll, we'll be sure that we are, we are hedged. There is no risk in, in this co combination of the derivative and, and our hedge. So we will just collect the fee on the transaction. So that's, that's what actually how the business is working. We, uh, traders are trading and hedging their, their positions immediately. I mean, they do uh, take some market risks, but you want to take very, very little and very directional, uh, very specific market risk, and not, not everything. So, uh, so the, the, uh, our strategy allows us uh, to have a hedging portfolio at the same time, hedging strategy. Another more mathematical but practical uh, consequence is that actually, by certain not very easy uh, change of variables, we can take the Black-Scholes equation and put it back to heat equation. Actually, it's, uh, I suggest it as one of the topics for, for the final paper for you to, uh, to do it or check it out uh, in the books and go and understand it. Uh, but uh, the good part of it, that heat equation is well known and well, well understood. There, there are many, uh, uh, many ways to solve it numerically. For, for simple payouts, uh, for calls and puts, we don't have to do it numerically. But if the payout, payouts are more complicated or uh, the, uh, the dynamics is, uh, is different, uh, uh, the, then numerical methods will be needed, for sure. So again, to, to solve this equation, we'll need, uh, as for any partial differential equation, we'll need some boundary and initial conditions. And these come from our final payout uh, for, of the option, right? which we know. We, we know what, what happens at expiry, and some boundary conditions. For, for call uh, and put, uh, the final payout is, we know, right? So at time t. 
And the boundary conditions we, we, which discuss, we discussed, we, we can observe them um, graphically. So basically, for coal, as we said, at current time t and boundary 0, it should be 0. The price should, uh, should be 0. And at, uh, uh, at uh, infinity, it should be actually the forward price. So it, it, it should be just discounted, uh, discounted, uh, uh, discounted s minus k, discounted payout, right? Um, and similarly for, for put. So given this, these conditions, uh, and we, we, uh, we, we can solve the equation. And as I said, for, for call and put, and for simple dynamics, so Black-Scholes dynamics, log-normal log dynamics, uh, actually these, uh, uh, these uh, equations can be solved exactly, exactly meaning up to, up to this term, the, the normal, uh, normal distribution, which still has to be computed numerically obviously. But here are the formulas. They do kind of look a little bit, and we'll see about, uh, about it, that there is some kind of expected value going on, right? One probability times, time, times another. Uh, but the, these are the formulas, and that's how I drew the, the lines uh, on the graphs. Um, and as I said, In fact, the whole world, instead of solving the, 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 whole, uh, the whole partial differential equation, we can approach it from a risk-neutral uh, uh, risk position and say that, in fact, the price of our derivative now is just as expected value of our pay uh, payout, discounted probably, uh, from, from, the, uh, uh, from the maturity. But not in real time, a real, real world measure, but in some specific risk-neutral measure. And how, how do we find this risk-neutral measure? Well, the risk-neutral measure is such that the drift of our stock is actually interest rate. It's riskless. That's exactly how, how we, saw, we, saw it. Uh, we saw it in our binary example. Right? So. Even in our binary uh, example, the, our expected value of our stock under risk-neutral measure, meaning uh, using the risk-neutral probability, was was drifting with uh, with interest rate R. So that the same happens in uh, in continuous case. And uh, that's another good exercise, and I would accept it as as a final paper. Is Computing Black-Scholes, uh, uh, Black-Scholes, deriving the Black-Scholes formula just by discount, uh, by uh, taking expected value of the uh, call input uh, payout uh, with with the uh, distribution, log normal distribution, terminal distribution. All right. So, for more complicated uh, payoffs, uh, the uh, uh, the, the life becomes more complicated, and uh, some finite differences should be used for more complicated uh, payoffs or uh, American payoffs or past-dependent payoffs. 
three methods or Monte Carlo simulations, and that's what was happening in real life. Um, yeah. Uh, now, since we have actually plenty of time, I I would like to give an example of how re replicating uh, idea of replicating portfolio works. Uh, it, I, I give a, a couple of more examples. So um, so here, here is a Bloomberg screen for for an options call options on IBM stock. It's actually was taken a while ago, a few years ago. Uh, but for, uh, so here are different strikes for a call option. The, the current price of the stock is 81.14. And uh, here are the strikes of, of the call. So obviously, if, if, the, option is, uh, if uh, the option is way out of the money, meaning the strike is very high compared to, uh, to uh, the, uh, the stock price, the, the value of the option is zero. If it's way in the money, uh, in fact, uh, it is just S minus K. Uh, so S meaning uh, being 81 and say the strike being 55. So it's 26, right? The there is some difference. But actually, here it's, it's a bit small because the difference should be just discounting, as we know, right? But it's pretty short dated options. The, uh, options they, they are probably a month, a month long. So there, there is not much discounting. So it becomes pretty parallel. It's similar here, right? So uh, uh, I mean, this changes by 5, this changes by 5. Uh, it's pretty linear. But it becomes nonlinear around the money, around, around uh, current stock price, right? So we, we do observe this, uh, this behavior. Um, but to tell you the truth, uh, if you were to, I didn't put, um, the implied volatilities here, uh, uh, but uh, that, that's uh, actually you, you would observe that the world is not black shoals, meaning that uh, what, what's the assumption of black shoals? The assumption of black shoals is that every option for uh, for any strike on a given stock and a given expiry would have the same volatility, right? So if we went through exercise of implying the volatility according to black shoals formula from from the option price which is traded on the market. And, uh, and the current price, we, we would find out that actually the, uh, the volatility is not, is not constant with strike. Well, it's actually skewed. Well, actually, it's, it is smiled. We, we, we would find something like this, uh, which means that black show theory is not perfectly good, right? So something more complicated is, uh, should be done. But in some cases, we even don't need to do uh, something more complicated. One example being so-called put-call parity, right? So let's see. Suppose we look at the screen. So we know all prices for all call options for all strikes. Well, probably with some granularity, but we know those. But instead of pricing a call, we need to price a put. Somehow we don't know how uh, the dynamics of our stock looks like. So 
we have strong suspicion that it's not exactly uh, log normal. So there is some volatility, smile, it's not constant. The, the world is slightly not black shows. So how, how do we price put? Well, let's see. We'll stare long enough at the payouts of the call and put. So what's the payout of, of a call with some strike? It looks like this, right? The payout of the put with the same strike would look like this. So what if we take, we buy a call and sell a put? So this would go like this, right? Straight line. Looks very much like forward, right? So if we actually subtract a stock from here, move it from here, then uh, oh, 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 oh. Uh, it should be, yeah. Minus k, yeah. I think I think I got the signs correctly, right? And and this is just a number, right? And that's what happens at payout. So if we take this portfolio, if we actually now buy call, sell a put, and sell a stock, we know that at the end we'll for sure get the k in money, right? So which means that now. So this this is at time t. So right now, it looks to me that if we do write this, and that's just the current price of the stock, this should be right. We just need to discount this price to to now, this amount of cash. Which means that our put at any time t is uh, stock minus k right so if we know all the prices for any uh, strike k if we know if we know price of a call, we don't need any black shows or or anything. We can immediately tell everybody how uh, how much is uh, is a put, right? So the, this uh, this relationship is actually called uh, call put parity, and that's again that's uh, that's a replicating portfolio. It's a simple replicating portfolio. It's static, meaning that we fix it now and we don't change it uh, till till expires. So it's it's quite good this way, but uh, that's uh, that's how it works. Another example. So for this, I have actually a picture. So again, we, we have the same situation. We have prices of calls. But instead of pricing a call, we want to price a digital. So what is digital? Digital is such a weird contract, which payout is just step function. Basically, it's a bet. On, on a stock to uh, to finish above strike price k, 
right? If if at expiry the stock is above K, you get one. You you get one dollar. If it's below, you get nothing. Zero. Right? So so such uh, an interesting contract. The question is, can we price it? Given uh, the, that we know the the prices of calls. So, and I suggest we we use the idea of replicating portfolio. Any ideas how to do it? It's my typical typical uh, interview question. So just pretend that you are interviewing. Call spread. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Good. You're, you you got an offer. <laughs> yeah. So here 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 how it it goes. So the, this uh, a strike k right. So we, let's uh, let's buy uh, well buy a call with strike k minus one half and sell a call with with strike. K plus one half. Right, that's we just sold. So how, uh, the, if we combine these two, well, actually, if it, if this is one, yeah. Uh, if this is one, it should look something like this. So how will it look like? So obviously here it's zero, right? Then it will be like this, right? And after that, it will be what? It will be constant, right? And because this is k minus 1 half and this is k plus 1 half, it will be exactly 1, right? Good. So our pay payout at the end will be like this. So it's good, but there is quite a bit of, of slope here. So how can we do better than this? Well, if we sell it at k minus, uh, buy it at k mi minus one quarter, and and sell it at at k of uh, plus one quarter, and combine just combine those, it will be exactly the same, but the the level will be one half. So we need to buy to buy two of those and to sell two of those, right? Well, we might as well go k minus epsilon and k plus epsilon. So it will be call price at strike k minus epsilon minus call price at k plus epsilon divided by two epsilon. This this two epsilon coefficient needed to rescale back uh, it rescale it back to uh, to one right. So in fact, if we go small epsilon, we need a lot of both. Right. Uh, well, uh, and that's how how uh, that that's th that's the approximation of our digital price, and that's actually how how people on the market uh, do. Uh, uh, do price and hedge uh, the mo most importantly the uh, the digital contracts 
because uh, because coal, uh, coal contracts are liquid and they are traded on, on, on exchanges, while digitals are way less liquid. So somebody would go again to counterparty, enter into digital and hedge it on the exchange uh, with two calls, with a call spread. Uh, but now tell me, is it surprising that, uh, I mean, how, well, what does it remind you? Yeah, so it's, derivative of the coal price by with respect uh, to to strike right uh, is it is it surprising how did our coal price look like it's a ramp right if we take a derivative of this what 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 we got yeah so right, it's it's just so in fact, if we do something even more weird with this, I don't know, take a square or, or some, something else, the, the same will apply. Right. So it's not surprising at all. All right. Um, so that's, that's basically how, uh, how the, um, the replicate. The, this idea of replicating portfolios uh, is uh, is extremely powerful, and in fact, that's that's what happens in in real life. In real life, you have some complicated derivative which you need to hedge, and how to hedge? You find something else which replicates to to certain extent replicates your payoff. That's what you you'll try to do, and that this will be your hedge portfolio. Usually, it's dynamic, so you you'll have to rebalance, and that's how you uh, you basically reduce the risks.